Welcome to It's a Sublime Life. Inspiration on living an excellent life and seeing the beauty already in life. You can find It's a Sublime Life on most social media platforms. Just search for It's a Sublime Life. Welcome to It's a Sublime Life. I'm your host, Hayley. On the show today, we've got Cesar Gamio. He's very accomplished. Uh, he is an expert in well-being, uh, working with clients in the, in the corporate setting and also on a one-to-one. -one. Um, would you like to say a bit about yourself? Oh, where should I start? Well, there's, I mean, you have, for example, I'm, I'm looking at your the list of things that you've accomplished on, on LinkedIn. Um, what about your um, life coach certificate, um, wellness, corporate wellness solutions specialist, and all these lovely things there? <laughs> all right. Well, um, first and foremost, I have a background in, uh, in business and I worked in the uh, corporate sector in IT for, for about 20 years. And but very early on in my career, I was um, uh, you know, living life like a normal 20-year-old you know, boy, you know, uh, basically not getting much uh, sleep, and not, not, exercising, not exercising as much, not eating well, not spending mindful time with family and friends. So not really looking after myself, just uh, you know, working hard and, and living hard. And, um, and that finally caught up with me. You know, when I was uh, in my, almost my late 20s, I had a massive, massive bout of, uh, of acute stress that uh, led me into you know, really uh, digging deep and, and really understanding how can I keep performing at the level that I'm performing without, have, you know, without having to um, undermine my physical, mental, and emotional integrity uh, in the process. And uh, so this was the year 2000, and I started exploring you know, worlds that are familiar to you, the worlds of yoga, meditation, uh, Ayurveda, I'm just, uh, I'm, you know, exploring different wisdom traditions. Uh, and, uh, and I finally realized that, um, you know, just by making certain adjustments to, to my lifestyle and to my work style, and just by holding certain principles in mind, uh, I could basically achieve, you know, whatever I wanted to achieve without having to uh, forego my, my health in, in, in the process. And uh, so I'm, you know, I'm, I was born and raised in Peru, and that, that this process actually started there. And when I came to England in 2008, uh, I, yeah, 2008, I think it was, um, I basically started, started making the transition out of uh, the world of uh, corporate IT into the space of uh, corporate well-being because I, you know, kind of, I was, I've, you know, at the time I was very familiar, you know, like I'm now still, you know, of what the pains are and the struggles are that my colleagues were facing in the, in the industry. Uh, but at the same time, I had, you know, the, uh, you know the, the solutions, you know, for that. And uh, I started, you know, basically doing some, uh, I wasn't a coach back then, but I was offering some light coaching and I was, you know, doing talks and stuff. And then I realized that, um, you know, that, that I could do this, you know, prof professionally and, and, and on a full-time basis. 
So I became, you know, a coach and then I, you know, I became a consultant as well. And now I've been doing this for about uh, the past 10 years. So basically what I do are three things, Haley. Number one, I'm a well-being consultant. And what that means is that I help companies design well-being strategies to raise the, uh, the level of employee well-being and, you know, at work. Number two, I'm an executive life coach. So I help people uh, attain any kind of personal and professional development goals that they set, they set for, for themselves. And number three, I'm a public speaker. So I, you know, I do keynotes and I do half-day sessions, full-day sessions on everything that's connected on, you know, how to, you know, get the most uh, out of ourselves and live a more, you know, joyful, centered, balanced, inspiring and, and fulfilling life. That's basically what I do. Great. So that's the history of it as well. I mean, you, you don't just call yourself these things. You, you actually qualified in these things and, it, and have fantastic experience doing this as well. You're an executive life a coach certified by the European Mentoring Coaching Council and a corporate wellness solution specialist certified by the Corporate Health and Wellness Association. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your senior uh, Chopra Center for Wellbeing Instructor, certified by Dr. Deepak Chopra yeah. as Wellbeing Center, uh, and serve as a senior advisor to the Global Center for Conscious Leadership with the base in London. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, you mentioned your, your history in the, in the corporate sphere. Um, you, you, you've demonstrated your consulting and executive life coaching, stress management, dealing effectively with change, work-life balance coaching, mindfulness, uh, and mindful leadership. Um, and all that, what impressed me as well is that these massive global companies as well that you've, you've worked uh, with, uh, L'Oreal, Accenture, uh, there's a whole list here, but the body shop, um vodafone so spanning lots of different industries as well uh, but but big big companies um so you uh, you kind of know what you're talking about <laughs> i would i, I, would say. I hope, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> um i guess when you um come into these companies how do you is there ever a point where, I mean, we were talking about the, a, a balance. So how do you balance getting the most out of the employees in terms of their performance? Um, I suppose, is there, is there ever a situation where it also has to be managed from the other side? Um, okay, maybe there is too much for this one person to do within the company. Um, is there, you know, are there two sides that you have to manage often or? Yeah, so usually when, uh, when I do work with clients, um, you know, companies need to understand that, um, that obviously work needs to be done on both ends. So first and foremost, the individual is responsible for you know uh, himself or herself. That's you know that's at the at the top of the list. No matter what you know what services or what infrastructure the company provides to raise the level of well-being, is the if the individual doesn't want to do something about his or her level of well-being, then there's nothing you know nothing to do. I mean, there's so many companies uh, nowadays that offer you know in uh, 
gym facilities and 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 and, and good you know uh, what do you call it um, canteen services you know so proper nutrition and and but if you still want to have your bacon butty and if you want to have a cigarette and uh, and if you don't show up to the gym you know what's the point so there is a combination of things that need to be done at both you know both ends but it's it's the individual's you know uh, it's the individual's responsibility that it's it's you know that we I, I try to emphasize first mm -hmm. and foremost. And obviously, the companies need to facilitate an environment in which uh, the person can fulfill his or her potential, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I have to work on both ends, definitely. Mm. How do you, I mean, I'm, I'm aware that I suppose more of your expertise is in the uh, corporate space. With someone that's uh, self-employed, well, for example, like myself, I often, the balance keeps tipping, then one side to the other, then one side to the other. Maybe I've pushed myself too hard uh, to try and do something for the business. And I've, I've, I've let myself not do as much self-care as I need to, or, or maybe the other way around where, okay, I, know I need to focus now back into the business. And I, I guess, my question would be, how do you know, I guess it's a feeling, but how would you know, yes, it's tipped too, too much one way, no, it's tipped again the other way. Do you, yeah. do you see what I mean? Or yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you have to listen to, you have to listen to your body. That's the, uh, that's the most important thing. Your body will actually tell you if uh, you are overdoing, uh, you know, any of the aspects of your life that you need to that you need to juggle, and um, and you know it's 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 life is quite dynamic, and especially uh, you know people in in my business or any business in general, which are you know people that are basically doing you know more than two things uh, as a profession, um, they need to really you know pay attention, be you know fully aware you know every day of. Um, you know where life is taking them and how they're feeling about it so you know in my particular case it's it's very easy for me to overdo what i do in terms of you know the coaching and in terms of the public engagements and i have to you know i have to travel quite a bit i usually average about 20 to 22 countries a year and that takes a lot of you know flying and basically you know transatlantic uh, or transoceanic flying as well so i have to deal with jet lag so you know one has to be quite ruthless in making sure that you strike that uh, that balance you know and um and so, but the key word here Haley, is awareness you just have to mm -hmm. be aware of what your body's telling you you have to be aware of how your week will you know uh, unfold you know you have to make sure that you are actually you know taking uh, care of the basics and what the you know the, the the basics are you know that you're getting restful sleep that you're able to incorporate movement, you know, every day, you know, during the week that uh, you get to eat, you know, properly, you know, nutritious, you know, whole foods that uh, you get to uh, find, you know, slots throughout the day that, uh, or, you know, to engage in exercises that allow you to manage stress effectively, make sure that you allocate time to uh, nurture your, you know, healthy relationships in your life. And, and something that's you know becoming very important lately is you know ways of grounding yourself as well. And um, so as long as you are paying attention to those basics, uh, and as long as you're aware of what your body is telling you, and 
um, and as long as you know you you stay on that path of making sure that those six basic elements are you know are right, then you should be okay. You know, uh, and and it does, and I've met a lot of people who are very passionate about what they do, and but that you know they confuse and then that passionate sometimes you know takes over and 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 then that you know they uh, they start you know becoming sleep deprived or, or they don't eat properly and and that's when the imbalances begin and once those imbalances uh, kick in then they're not able to really enjoy uh, their passions as much mm. but but unfortunately in most cases it takes um, people to you know experience pain in order to uh, you know make the necessary adjustments or changes you know very rarely i mean i would say that only 10% of the people that I coach come to me to say, you know what, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I just want to do better. You know, 90% are, you know, have some kind of struggle, you yeah. know, and, uh, and, and that's fine. You know, we all have struggles, you know, it, but it's just a matter of really, you know, paying attention to those basics that I just, um, you know, told you about. I, one of my things at the moment is, and you've mentioned it, sleep. And this is where I push myself and I think, I'll just do this. I'll just do that. I'll just do the other. And it's getting later and later and later. And I'm fully aware that that's what I do. Uh, and, but I haven't quite nipped it in the bud yet in terms of, okay, I recognize this is what I'm doing. Um, I've put things in place to try and help me. I have, um, this app and there's lots of sleep stories on there and and which really helps um and i don't know i don't know what else i need to do to get myself into bed and asleep how would i for example do do you have any sort of tips in, in that area when somebody is aware of something and is it about, this is what I wonder, is it about accepting that you can only do a certain amount in that day that is sustainable, that is healthy for yourself and you need, that's absolutely, it's acceptance. You need to go to bed at this time and that's it. You might, in the long run, I guess it's in the long run, isn't it? And sustainability element of it, you will not progress in the way you want to. I guess it is, isn't it? It's acceptance. I think I've answered my own <laughs> question. <laughs> but, but you know, specifically, what are your issues with uh, sleep, Hayley? Uh, it's not that I'm, I think it's habit. It's not that I'm uh, lying there worrying about anything. Um, I think it's habit that I've got to bed later and later. And then now my body is kind of used to that maybe. And doesn't therefore feel tired at that time anymore because that's what it, it's used to going to bed later and later um so i'm not worrying about anything um i, I think if anything it's that desire to just get ahead get ahead and it's usually i'm doing bits and bobs for my business mm -hmm. mm. Um, and, and not accepting, not accepting that. No, I, I really need to go to bed now. <laughs> I will tell me you're going to sleep now. Um, 
or lately? It's it's not mega. It, it's not mega. I don't suppose it's mega late by anyone's else's standard, but it is late to my standards. So it's eleven or twelve, and I really need more sleep than I need more sleep than seven and a half hours. That's just not. not it won't cut for me. And I experience as soon as I dip below eight hours, then the next day it's the emotional side of things that is impacted um i can't focus properly um, uh, um etc so it, it's not necessarily the physical side but it's the i guess the emotional side first that i noticed that's not quite a hundred percent it's not quite a hundred percent when 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 you get eight hours of sleep did i hear that right or if I get less than eight oh, hours, yeah. Less than eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm. Uh, and I really, ideally, I probably need nine. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so I mean, if you are over eighteen, okay, uh, all human beings need between seven to nine hours. When you pass the eighteen-hour, eighteen-year mark, obviously, when you're younger, you need more hours yeah. of sleep because that's when we grow. You know, and for other you know number of reasons as well. But um, um, I once uh, heard a, a scientist, uh, a sleep scientist, you know, refer to um, you know those people that only get by with five or six hours, and that they claim mm. they're working at their best and they're operating at their best. You know, and he said that you know that that's a bunch of rubbish because uh, those people that claim that you know they're operating at their best when they're getting five to six hours of sleep. Uh, what science uh, uh, says is that they've reset their baseline. What does that mean? So let's say, Haley, that uh, you, know, you are you know, super professional and when you're operating at your best, at your real best, you operate you know, at a, on a scale from zero to 10, 10 out of 10, that's your best, right? Yeah. But if you, you know, if you start sleep depriving yourself and let's say that you only get five or six hours, you might start uh, operating at, at six, six out of 10. But after yeah. a while, that six out of 10 normalizes in you, okay? And then you think that the six is actually a 10. Yeah. That's what scientists you know, uh, refer to as baseline resetting. So you've resetted your performance baseline down to, uh, down, down to a six. But when you start aligning your sleep patterns and when you start getting restful sleep, then you know, all of a sudden you see, oh my gosh, where did this come from? Where, where did this energy come from? Where did, where did this clarity come from? Where did this emotional stability come from? Where did this resilience come from, you know? And I can tell you, you know, most of the people that I coach, basically when I, you know, even when we make 30 minute adjustments, because of, you know, if some people that I coach only get six and when they start getting six hours and 30 minutes, they can feel the difference, you know, and when they, and then when they make the jump to seven and 7.30, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, where did all of this come from? And they're better able to express their 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 potential. So, something that I you know try to communicate to people is that we cannot negotiate with nature, you know. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing, you know. And uh, and and I've had I've had people say to me, you know, I wish you know that they had twenty eight hours, or I wish we didn't need that much sleep. But hey, you know, we've been around in this world for three million years as human beings. You know, and for three million years, you know, we've basically followed the same, you know, sleep patterns. And uh, and and really, what screwed up our, our sleep patterns uh, were two inventions: the invention of the uh, light bulb, you know, the incandescent light bulb in the late 1800s, mm -hmm. and then the uh, and what we know as the uh, Standard Time, 
you know, like a 24-hour clock format. And uh, and now we are, you know, we're very dark deprived in this uh, society. You know, for millions of years, you know, there were periods, you know, you know, of the day which was completely dark. So it was easier for our body to adjust to our, our, our circadian rhythms. But now with all the light, I mean, it's a... Yeah. It's very hard, you know, for our body to start, you know, to discern whether it's daytime or whether it's uh, nighttime, and it has really messed up our sleep. And now, with obviously, we, you know, with the advent of technology and and all these mobile phones and tablets and so forth, you know, and you know, and, and Netflix and and you know, all these terms. What, what's the term for Netflix? Uh, I'm, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, big what's a, when you watch a when you watch a series oh binge watching binge, binge is that what yes yeah. you know i mean binge i mean what that term is fairly new you know and <laughs> uh and that's been you know really messing with our sleep patterns and and the thing is that um there's not a single cell and fiber of our being which is not uh impacted by sleep every cell in our body is impacted uh, by the quality of our sleep for better or for worse every single cell i mean there's nothing that sleep it doesn't um influence in our you know mind body system so um uh, and i'm really happy that uh, you know you have the awareness of knowing how you feel when you get less than seven hours or 7 30 and eight because that's a start Haley. you know that's a starting point it's how you feel remember what we talked about listen to your body and now you're aware that if you get less than seven hours or 30 minutes, it, you know, people are not getting the best of you. And that's a no. very good sign because awareness is the starting point. Next point is, what the heck am I going to do about this? You know, and that's when you have to you know, start making trade-offs. You know, okay, so uh, should I still you know, spend an hour and a half you know, you know, uh, browsing through my social media before I go to sleep. So how about instead of an hour and a half, how about I bring it down to an hour and I get 30 minutes more of sleep. And then you start yeah. you know, making those trade-offs. And in order for behavior change to become um, sustainable, uh, definitely what helps is uh, tiny changes at first. You know, so there's no way that, uh, um, you know, if you are using social media for an hour and a half before going to sleep, that you're gonna go from an hour and a half to 10 minutes, that's not gonna happen. But if you start making, you know, 15 minute adjustments, you know, every week, yeah, you most likely the change will be uh, sustainable. Or if you start looking over, you know, organizing yourself in a way in which, okay, I'm going to check my social media 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon and 15 minutes in the evening. And then you get your fix three times a day. Then, you know, that, that might work for you. But uh, again, the bottom line is we cannot negotiate with nature, but we can negotiate with ourselves in terms of how can we arrange our day to better serve our, our needs. You know, I like uh, that. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that, that you cannot negotiate with nature. And uh, it, it is what you say, it's making trade-offs. It's, yeah. uh, and the most basic trade-off there would be, do, do I stay up another hour working on my business? Or, do I have a great day tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, but, but, that's, and, and that's a, but that's the thing, Haley. You know, you, you might say to yourself, okay, I'm going to give my business an extra hour, but that extra hour will have an impact in the next 24 hours. You're going to be moody. You're going to, you know, you're going to be, uh, you know, devoid of, you know, of energy. And, you know, it, it's, you know, you're going to be a bit more stressed. So, you know, your whole day or the next 
48 hours could be impacted just by one that decision. I mean, and I do understand. I mean, sometimes you have to, you know, invest yeah. that extra hour. You know, I, yeah. I, I totally, yeah. I, I do that myself. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm flying to, you know, to, to a customer engagement or a client engagement. And then uh, I realize, oh my gosh, I think they would benefit from, you know, this particular piece of information, you know? And then I get to the hotel and I, you know, sacrifice perhaps, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, but it's my, but it's my choice. You see, yeah. that's a choice that I make. Yeah. And then, okay, I'm going to have to adjust my morning routine because I need to get, you know, I need to recuperate those, that, that time. And, but that doesn't happen every day. It just happens in certain moments. So, um, but at, as long as a choice is a conscious choice, then that's fine. But if you're making just, you know, those, those, those choices out of habit, yeah. you know, and then there, there's no point. You know, um, I just, um, you know, this happened to me recently, actually. Um, I came up with an idea that I really wanted to incorporate in a, in a client engagement. And, and then I had to make a decision. If I do this, uh, my delivery will suffer tomorrow, you know, uh, but, mm. but I'll get the, uh, mm. the experience. Or my delivery could be, you know, quite good. And I'll just save this module for the next time. You know, and then I decided, you know what, I, I think I'd rather give them my best tomorrow, you know, and perhaps in the future, you know, if I get to engage with them again, which I did, you know, I'll incorporate this new piece of information. But you have to ask yourself those questions and you have to make those decisions and you have to be aware of the impact of, the, of those decisions as well. Not just, you know, live, un you know, unconsciously and unaware. You know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, ask yourself always, what are the trade-offs this yeah. evening if I do this? Yeah, I, you know, I like that. I like that. Um, and I guess one of the things that I've picked up on your website as well, um, you you talk about physical um, uh, well-being, mental well-being, and spiritual awakening. Uh, and I think that does that link back to Deepak Chopra um, Ayurveda maybe um, what um, what benefit does an individual have of spiritual awakening and does that always necessarily mean religion yeah that's a good question Hayley and it depends so uh, spirituality doesn't necessarily mean doesn't necessarily involve religion it's just that religion has have actually taken you know certain aspects of spirituality and incorporated those aspects into their dogma and into their doctrine. You know the way I see spirituality myself. I'm not a religious person. I was born and raised a Catholic, but uh, and you know there was a time in when I was in my late teenagers that I stopped saying that I was not a practicing Catholic because it's like it's like saying you know, you know I'm a vegetarian but I eat meat you know I'm not a practicing I'm not a practicing vegetarian what the, what the heck does that mean you know so uh, and then when I realized that um, uh, and, and this is just a completely personal view okay that um, you know re religion to me was more about uh, following a, a specific dogma or specific doctrine and then adjusting my beliefs to those you know to that doctrine and that dogma when I discovered spirituality, the spirituality was about, you know, really unveiling, you know, reality in a, in a more experiential kind of way, really understanding, you know, what's behind the curtain, not through fixed beliefs, but through your own experience and through the, through your own, um, uh, through the, uh, through the expansion of your own consciousness. 
So the more you expand your, your consciousness, the more you understand, you know, what fundamental reality is. And, you know, and, uh, and then you understand that, you know, so you start asking yourself questions like, you know, who am I? Where do I come from? You know, how can I serve? You know, am I just this, uh, you know, ego and encapsulated in this skin that people call Cesar? Or am I, you know, something bigger than that? So, you know, started shifting my perception from my ego self into my more expanded self, you know, my the universal side of me. I, I, I started exploring ways of how to, um, again, create that shift in my internal reference point so that, so that I could feel that I'm, you know, part of the universe and not just, uh, you know, an individual living its, uh, it, you know, its own life. And that led for me to be... I hope you know more empathetic and, and more compassionate because once you once you realize once you have the exper experiential realization that uh, you are basically a, a manifestation of a unique manifestation of the you know entire field of energy that the, that the universe is, and that you are one unique manifestation of that. But in in essence, we are you know one and the same. Is that that you manifest uh, as Haley in Stockholm Trent, and I manifest as Cesar in you know well, I live in Hampshire now, right? But uh, deep down, you know, we are part of the same energy field that you know binds the the universe together. And then, so getting uh, expanding my understanding of that, not just you know theoretically, but experientially, that's what I that's what I call spirituality in a way, you know. So. Okay. Sorry to make this a, 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 a you know long answer, but I, I did want to differentiate the two aspects, you know, between you know being religious and being spiritual. So, religious yeah. is about following dogma and doctrine. Spirituality is about expanding your consciousness uh, to really understand who you are, where you come from, and you know, and how to serve. Okay, and um, so if I if I got this sort of right, then we. I think it's understood widely now the mind and body is kind of working together. And for me, um, uh, when we talk about consciousness, that is another level up, if you like. And it's almost like the body and the mind doesn't exist without the consciousness. Is this, and that if you take a step up into this consciousness, um, and almost look at yourself, look at your mind and body, you can gain a kind of perspective? Or is that my interpretation of it? Or Yeah, I mean, um, the weird thing is that for, you know, for a number of years, people have believed, or, and some people still believe, that consciousness is a byproduct of, uh, of, 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 of our brains. So our brain, you know, so that consciousness is the epiphenomenon. So our brain produces consciousness. Once, you know, the brain ceases to exist, then obviously uh, consciousness, you know, consciousness goes away with it. But uh, I mean, there are now like, you know, tens of thousands of uh, registered uh, cases of people having near-death experiences in which they are pronounced clinically dead, and, uh, but their consciousness actually is still awake. And they're able to see themselves in the operating table, and they're able to see themselves, you know, clinically, clinically dead, you know, uh, on the hospital bed or, or 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 in the car crash or wherever they are, you know. And then when they're resuscitated, you know, they come back and then they they can fully remember every single detail from the moment they were clinically dead until the moment they were resuscitated. So, 
I mean, there's very, you know, hard evidence that shows that consciousness basically survives a physical death. So that raises the question, you know, what comes first, consciousness, the, you know, the mind, the body. And I think that, at, you know, in the end, the mind and the body are an expression of, of, consciousness, of consciousness in a way. You know, we are consciousness before we are born. Our consciousness, you know, resides, you know, within. So, you know, as a, as, as a silent witness of our experience. And then when we... We, we, when we pass, you know, our consciousness goes on and, you know, to the next uh, stage of evolution, you know, and mm. uh, whatever that is. Mm. And I guess if you immediately don't recognize yourself as either religious or, or spiritual, just sort of exploring those concepts, if you like, can, well, for, for me, I, I suppose I'm talking about, it can just bring some perspective on things, a, a fresh idea to, uh, on how to look at things. Um, I, yeah, it, it's, at first, it's a big concept to grasp, I think. For a lot of people, especially if they're not religious or have any religious background, um, it's a, a, it can be a leap, a, a leap. Uh, to understand spiritualness, consciousness, um, I suppose. Uh, I suppose they can sort of, if if they want more on that as well. Uh, Deepak Chopra does go do into it a bit, doesn't he? Um, you've, I believe, you've met um, him, and obviously, you're, you've uh, got a qualification that he um, that he um, does. How? Would you describe his him and his philosophy and um, how that feeds into helping one's well-being uh, at work and in their personal lives? Well, first and foremost, I mean, I, I know Deepak quite well. I've known him since uh, the year 2000 and I trained under him and I spent uh, quite a bit of, of time with him. And he would be the first one to admit that he hasn't really come up with anything, anything new. Really, what he's been doing for the past, you know, three decades is helping translate, you know, what wisdom traditions have been saying, you know, all along, you know, about a number of different things. And, uh, you know, mostly in connection to, you know, the fundamental, you know, fundamental reality and uh, who we are and where we come from. Um, and obviously that has... Um, you know, that, that, that those bodies of, of wisdom, you know, have a component that apply to our, you know, day-to-day -day, uh, day -day well-being. And Deepak's journey has been quite interesting because, um, you know, he was the first, uh, one, of, one of the first people to start really uh, tr trying to persuade, or not trying to persuade, but trying to let people, or trying to help people become aware of the mind-body uh, connection. You know, why two patients, you know, with exactly the same uh, diagnosis, one would get better and the other one would get worse, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and he actually witnesses through his own, you know, medical practice. And then we, when he started digging a little deeper, he realized that the people that had healthy emotional relationships in their life and the people that had purpose and meaning, you know, were the people, you know, that, that were the ones that would get better. And the other and the other people that had the same diagnosis that would have stress in their lives unhealthy relationships, etc., would get worse. So your mental state, you know, would have a massive influence in uh, in, in in your well-being. And and back then, uh, 
you know, science was very mechanistic. You know, if you had depression, that was because of a chemical imbalance. It had nothing to do with your relationships, nothing to do with your, you know, sense of belonging, your sense of purpose. It was just a chemical imbalance that should be corrected with these pills. You know, and and there's a still, you know, a, a big, uh, uh, you know, big, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, segment of people, you know, that you know think like that. But but nowadays, you know, science is catching up really, and uh, now the mind-body connection is. Uh, is, is, is more recognized more than ever. And I think, you know, first and foremost, he's been the pioneer in making more people aware of the, of the mind-body connection. How can we heal our bodies? How can we live a more fulfilled life, you know, by recognizing that, uh, that connection? Lately, lately uh, he's been investing more time in just going uh, deeper and really trying to uh, unveil fundamental reality, you know, trying to explain you know, uh, you know the origin of things and uh, and 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 what re- reality really is. You know, behind the the curtains. Because for us, reality is what we see every day. You know, what when we wake up. You know, the bills that we have to pay, the the work that we have to get done. You know, that's that's imminent reality. He's now you know investing a lot of time in trying to help people understand what transcendental reality is. So what's behind the the curtain? And like you said. It's not a topic that uh, you know you can uh, you know easily understand understand straight away because you know we've developed all these uh, we you know we've been building up our conditioning you know from you know from very early on about what the world is and uh, and then I, I'm going back to the topic of um, of you know of studying this or my suggestion would be uh, I think it, the the best course of action is to have the experience first and then you read about it to kind of understand oh this is what it means so for instance you know people that have a regular meditation practice if they are consistent with their practice uh, they'll soon realize that you know their their awareness will begin to expand and then will start experiencing more intuition you know more creativity they'll start uh, experiencing more you know synchronicities you know meaningful coincidences they'll start the feeling that uh, they are part of something larger than themselves so they will go through this uh, inner shift you know and they will go through uh, a number of different realizations as part of their spiritual development and, and and so it's great you know to have the experience first and then they can go ahead and buy the books with you know Vedic philosophy or you know or any kind of you know wisdom tradition and they'll 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 begin to understand oh yeah this is what I'm feeling this is this is the reason why you know this is the theory behind it because if you just get caught up in the theory I mean what's the point I mean uh, I'd rather experience it first and then uh, gain a more theoretical understanding uh, and by the way not everything can be explained I mean there 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 are things that are explainable and there are things that are completely and you know, not, uh, what do you call it, not explainable, unfathomable. Right? It's, it's, it's the way it is. And there's certain things that perhaps we might never know. But uh, my, like I said, Haley, my suggestion is just walk the path, start where you feel, uh, you know, uh, more comfortable with. You know, you're a yoga teacher. So, uh, you know, yoga, it's a, it's a great start. Meditation, self-inquiry, um, you know, any kind of spiritual practice that will expand your awareness will help. Right. <laughs> is um everything that what we've just been i'm just 
I know I looked into this a few years ago, but I need a refresh of what it means. Ayurveda? Yeah. The science of life. So it's the um, oldest uh, well-being uh, system uh, in, that, that we know of. And it's a, and it's a consciousness-based uh, well-being system. This is the system that basically uh, recognizes, first and foremost, you know, the mind-body connection. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, within the, uh, uh, the system, you know, people are categorized in, in you know, in different, uh, what they call mind-body constitutions. So depending on uh, certain aspects of, uh, you know, of, you know, of your consciousness, then your body will react in, in, in specific ways. And there are ways to improve your well-being um, um, by paying attention to what you eat, to uh, what you listen to, to everything that goes into your senses. So depending on your mind-body constitution, um, then Ayurveda recommends certain uh, experiences or certain uh, types of food or, or, or whatsoever in order to increase your well-being. But again, it always goes back to the mind-body connection. Okay. Is this where, um, is this something else or is this Ayurveda, the um, four doshas? Three doshas. That, yeah. It's all, uh, yeah. Yeah. Vata, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Pitta. Yeah. So um, that's your mind-body constitution. So it's, and to identify your doshas, it's, it's fairly, uh, it's fairly straightforward. You just fill out a, a little questionnaire that asks you about your, your, your physical attributes and kind of your, your mental uh, inclinations and uh, certain things about uh, your body. And then you're able to determine uh, which is the uh, primary uh, mind-body constitution that you have? Because you always, most people have a, a combination of both, of of you know two or three. So at the end of the at the end of the um, sorry, when you fill out the questionnaire, you actually get three uh, scores, and the score that's highest basically that's your pre predominant mind-body constitution. But you still because you still score some points in the other two, sometimes and and depending on what that constitution is then Ayurveda has certain recommendations in connection to nutrition, in connection to um, you know, how to influence your senses to improve your, your well-being. Um, so for instance, you know, someone that uh, uh, is categorized as a, as a Vata, V-A-T-A, uh, mind-body uh, constitution, you know, mentally is uh, someone who is, um, quite uh, can, can get easily distracted. You know, these people are very, very creative. They're, they're very innovative, but uh, they're quite distracted. And sometimes they forget to eat, you know, and sometimes they forget to uh, nourish themselves. And sometimes they forget to recharge. They, they're usually um, quite um, slim. You know, they have very thin, uh, you know, joints and uh, they get uh, rashes quite uh, frequently. So again, seeing the mind-body uh, you know, relationship in that particular person, there are certain things that Ayurveda suggests, like for instance, uh, people that have this vata mind, you know, again, people that are easily distracted and they're not able to really focus and concentrate for a longer period of time, Ayurveda will recommend certain types of food to be able to ground the, you know, their mind. So by eating certain foods, you know, that would be able, that makes their, uh, that would make their minds less uh, flickery. Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's quite a good word. Yeah. 
and uh, under certain types of uh, oils and certain types of scents that uh, will allow them to become more more grounded. Um, the pitta type, for instance, the the type that I that, that I am in Ayurveda, that's the fire sign, and basically people that have uh, a pitta predisposition, you know, are very intense. They charge forward, you know, they're quite uh, energetic and they expend a lot of uh, energy. Uh, they're usually uh, built, you know, in quite, you know, just a regular size, medium size. Um, they, uh, and for instance, someone that's, and, and, and there's the dark side and the light side of, of the pitta. If, if my pitta goes on balance, then I can become very uh, aggressive and I can become very overwhelming, you know, and, uh, and I've noticed that myself, you know, so uh, Ayurveda, what sometimes suggests is, yeah, again, certain types of food and certain types of oils and certain types of practices that allow me to actually keep my pitta in, in check, you know. Um, and again, it's all a, coming back to the awareness point. It's, it's about being aware of what your mind-body constitution is, what kind of behaviors you're more, you know, inclined to engage in, you know, within that mind-body constitution. Um, what kind of thought patterns are you more uh, inclined to engage in, you know, based on that mind-body constitution and how to make sure that you course correct that, you know, through yeah. these uh, recommendations. I, you know, discovered Ayurveda very early on, actually. And uh, so I knew about my, my doshas very early on. And I realized that, uh, that there were certain things that I was doing that back then that were not helping me in terms of, you know, keeping those in check or keeping my, you know, my, those aspects of my life in check. So it was quite fun to be able to determine, you know, how to influence my, you know, my, my, my thinking and my behaviors and, and my way of being just by following those recommendations. And this, like I said, this is uh, uh, wisdom that goes back, you know, thousands of, of years. And, uh, and it's been quite fun. Yeah, I, no, I see um, that in you, actually. I see, I see all of that in you. It is, so is one of the downside of your doshas is that to hit burnout too fast, too frequently? Is that, yeah, yeah. is it the intensity part of it? Yeah, the pitas, bear, pitas are the, the first ones to burn out, actually. Your yeah, I see a bit of that in myself, actually, as well. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and that's why we have to, uh, you know, we have to be careful, you know, the, um, you know, the, the kafas, you know, the kafas are, that's the earth, uh, earth symbol and kafas are more, are, are too grounded and sometimes they come, because they're too grounded, they become very lethargic and they, and obviously uh, that might lead to not, you know, exercising, eating more than they, they usually should. Um, so there's, you know, there's, there's, uh, I am, I'm pitta kapha actually. So uh, it, it creates a balancing effect in me. But if I go unchecked, I can easily slide into the kapha side of things. So, um, uh, <laughs> so just out of curiosity, you noticed a, a pitta element in me. What was that? Or how did um, that? Just the, uh, um, intensity just the uh getting things done your achievements um even the way you uh have written your sort of profile on linkedin very uh methodical punctual 
shows all the achievements uh, driven. I'm like, I can't, I'm a kind of, am, I, am I right? Is it of those things a part of that, that uh, dosha? Yeah, yeah, definitely so. Um, you know, I'm I'm the kind of guy that likes to. Uh, I'm super practical and super pragmatic, and that's why I think my my coaching clients like me because uh, they come with their, you know, with their uh, with their particular context and uh, and I you know and I help them to clarify because sometimes they come and they don't they you know they don't know what they want you know they they just have this nagging you know they are they feel unsettled and unbalanced but they cannot just put their finger on it and uh, and my pits and my practicality comes in okay you know let's actually get clarity get on what is it that you want and then once we get clarity you know let's get you there if my pitta were to go unchecked you know i would be um not very compassionate you know i would be just very <laughs> straightforward uh which i am with my clients but uh but you know i i try to be as compassionate as uh, as i can because everyone's doing their best at the level of consciousness in which they're in so um but like i said i'm, I'm, I'm aware that my pizza can go unchecked i do, uh, another thing that um made me think yes yes you're you're like that saying is um when we arranged our um this podcast you were very decisive very efficient in how you want to arrange it i think you said right uh, yes yes to the podcast and but then shall we do it on zoom we'll do it on zoom and i was sort of oh yeah, we'll video it even though i didn't have videoed a podcast before this is the first one we'll video it on zoom and i thought it's a good idea okay uh, and then you sent me a, a link to uh please beat yourself in at, the, at one of these times uh I look forward to it or whatever and it was another link and I I could choose just exactly which slots I needed or, or was suitable for me as well and I thought yes I was impressed by it actually <laughs> it's it's become part of my DNA now it, it, and and obviously I use technology to my advantage and uh, and it helps and uh, because as you as, as you saw we, we didn't exchange 25 emails to you know determine what's yeah. the best for you and me and um, good. Good. So, um, and, and, and I apologize if I, you know, show up too intense, but it's not intensity. It's just if, if I, I, I'm really careful about how I spend my time and who I spend it with. But once I make that mm. decision, then I just go with it. You know, I don't dabble, you know, I just mm. wait or don't. I, I, yeah. I, I, lo I love Star Wars, you know, when I, when, uh, have you seen Star Wars lately? I have, yes. Uh, not the latest ones, though. No, but the first ones, ones the first ones. Yes, yeah. yes. So, you know, when uh, Luke Skywalker was training to uh, use the Force, you know, and... Uh, yes, yeah. And Yoda told Luke, you know, and uh, uh, there is... Uh, what he said exactly... He, what was it? Oh, yeah. There... Um, there's no trying. You either do it or you, you know, you either do I it. I remember that, actually. I remember that part. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, that, that to me is the same thing you know i have uh you know my my list of things you know that i have to do today for instance you know and i've made circle the ones that you know that i that i have to do the ones that are optional and the ones that i might do if i have a bit of a break um and uh, i just get things done you know and it's i get things done for me for my clients uh, but it's taking a while to be organized but, and, and I don't really and I, I think I, I 
something that uh, might serve you as well. I'm fine if I don't finish something. So I, if it's 9.45 and usually I go to bed at that time, you know, if I didn't get, you know, something finished, I'm, I'm completely fine with the incompletion. As long as I look at my list and I say, okay, you know what? These were really the important things and this I managed to do and okay, yeah, you know, something happened and, you know, I just couldn't get around to do that. But uh, I'm fine with incompletions, you know. Um, mm. What I'm not fine with is disappointing uh, people, you know, particularly clients. I mean, that to me, you know, my, my coaching clients and my, you know, corporate clients, I mean, they mean the world to me, you know, because they've uh, decided to you know, to put their trust on me, you know, to help them with, you know, with something. And, uh, and that's my main focus. Um, but, um, but so, sorry, I'm, I'm just apologize. No, I can see that. My intensity, you know, scared you a little. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, you don't have to apologize. Um, I was impressed, not, not scared. So that's, right. that's all good. So if someone would like help from you, um, whether it be a corporate or just an individual, I know you have online courses. Uh, do you want to tell us a, a bit about the online courses? And Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start revamping those courses. I want to start upgrading the, uh, the, uh, my, my online uh, platform. But the best way, you know, if someone wants to you know, reach out to me, just go onto my website. You know, it's my name. C-E-S-A-R-G-A-M-I-O, so cesargamio.com. And uh, just like, you know, most people do or, or via LinkedIn as well. And, you know, just like you did, you know, send me a message and say, hey, you know what? I'd like to, uh, you know, talk to you about, a, you know, potential coaching, um, you know, opportunity. And usually what I do is I, I, I have uh, what is known as a discovery session, in which we basically, you know, get together via video call and, uh, and that's when we assess, you know, whether I can help or not. You know, there are situations in which I cannot uh, help or there are situations in which I've decided not to take clients on because, you know, I, I, one thing that's really important to me is that people are committed to the process of change. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I get people that have been told that they need uh, to get some help and they reluctantly reach out. And once I notice that there's this, you know, reluctancy, then... Uh, I, I just, you know, say no, thank you. And uh, thank you for, you know, reaching out and that's it really. So it's, that's why I like to have kind of a bit of a, a short conversation to assess whether we're the right fit for, for each other because, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, someone, you know, gets to know me you know, and after 10 minutes decide, decides that I'm a bit of a jerk and, you know, <laughs> there, there's no chemistry and, and that's absolutely fine. You know, uh, I've been in, you know, situations like that and it's absolutely fine. To me, the most important thing is that once someone entrusts me with their development, uh, you know, they are the, you know, that's the focus of my attention, you know, for the period in which we're going to be working together. Um, yeah. Great. So they can go to your website, yeah. reach out to you on LinkedIn. Um, so is there anything else that you would like to uh, get over, get across in this podcast that we haven't already spoke about? Yeah, if 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 you really want to live a a happy, fulfilled, joyful life, just uh, make sure that uh, you are living your your purpose, and make sure that you are um, living your purpose means really knowing what your strengths are, you know, and what you're good at, and making sure that uh, what you're good at, you are 
using those strengths uh, to be of service. And, um, and once you know, you're being of service by using the strengths that, uh, that you have as, as a person, make sure that you follow uh, and you pay attention to those six uh, uh, aspects of your well-being that you should be uh, you know, making sure that are uh, very much aligned. So sleep, movement, nutrition, effective stress management, uh, healthy emotional relationships and, and grounding. So live your purpose, uh, make sure you look after yourself whilst you're being of service um, and enjoy what uh, has been given to you, which is this life, you know? Yeah, that's nice. Uh, so it's called a, It's a Sublime Life. What makes life sublime for you? <sighs> what makes life sublime? Um, to me, the progressive realization of um, worthy goals and the ability to feel compassion, love, and being connected to the creative source of the universe. That's what living a sublime life is for me. That is a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've really, really enjoyed um, talking with you. Uh, I hope to speak uh, again soon. All right. Same Bye here. Same here, Hayley. Thank, Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.